The following is a production by Cutting to the Chase Podcast. getting a puppy today oh so you're getting and, a new um, one yeah he's uh he's four months old his name's teddy yeah. he's a golden retriever and um he i met him yesterday and i wasn't totally sure if i was gonna go forward with this but like i figure i might as well meet the dog and everything so i met him yesterday and he's like the chillest dog he's so smart and he's so like cal- like he's so awesome and um we met him yesterday at like five, which is like his peak, like energy level. And if what I saw yesterday is his maximum energy level, then this is going to be the easiest thing ever with him. So he seems like a really cool dog. So we're headed out there. I think we're leaving at like five to go get him. So I'm really fucking stoked. It's a big day and it's a nice day too. It's like super nice today. Yeah. It's a, it's weird. It's kind of cool outside. Like I was, it was already like in the eighties before like late April and now it's like March again, almost. Yeah. It's cooled down like significantly for some reason. And I don't know why it's really weird. I don't understand weather at all, but that's not my, my uh, area of expertise anyway. So I shouldn't exactly. So you're going to have two dogs, right? Uh, So, I have so Zoe's my dog. She's the German Shepherd. Um, she's my dog, but she lives with my wow. parents. And um, I tried to have her out in Las Vegas with me for a bit, but it went so bad because, like, I think she just got real fucked up by like having to. I don't know. I I, I don't think she was she w- was not used to not living in a big house with a big yard and a bunch of people and another dog around all the time. So when I brought her over to Vegas and it was super fucking hot outside and, um, she went from this big house to this tiny apartment and she couldn't just go outside whenever she wanted to and run around in the backyard. I think that really fucked her up a lot. She got really sick. And so I had my mom come and get, (laughs) come and get her and bring her back to Virginia. And she's pretty much, my mom's dog now, but like in my mind, she's like always going to be I my gotcha. dog. I so. gotcha. So this this time you kind of learned from the first one. Of course, you're not you're not in Vegas now, obviously, but now you're like, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the first one, like that first time, I kind of figured, you know what? Like if I'm going to have a dog live with me in an apartment, I have to get it when it's in its puppy age because it needs to be brought up in that environment to thrive. You know, it's really, really tough to get an adult dog and that's not used to living in an apartment and saying, all right, here you go. This is your home. Like have fun. And there's like, you know, that's not really fair to the dog at that point. So I figure having a puppy and raising it in this environment, it would be so much easier because then they just learn this is all they know. Yeah. You know, that's fair. Yeah. I was going to lead off with dog talk. So this is perfect. I'm going to keep all this. Oh, nice. Yeah. Do Unless it. you don't want me to. But yeah, I'm going to uh, because I was going to say how because I know this morning you were like, I got to pick up the dog. And I was like, cool, we'll talk dog before we get into the hockey stuff. So and it's cool. You're back on the pie. We were we did this like almost a year ago already. And I've done like 40 episodes since I don't know what the number is, but welcome back. You're doing a lot. This is officially uh, a thing. Like this is a legitimate yeah, thing now is. for you. Like you've been doing it long enough and, you, and you've been doing it like consistently enough where now it's like, okay, this is, you can't stop. Now, <laughs> I know, you know. I know. Like you got to keep yeah. going. And that's, that's, what's great. I always thought my problem would be getting people instead. It's just finding the time. Like I just put one up, to, one up today and I'm doing another one tomorrow and probably one this weekend while I have these days off. And which is fine, but then it's like I don't like I, I usually don't like putting one up next like you know, I just put one up today, so I want to space it out a little bit to put up the next one. But also it's time if it's time sensitive, I wanted to put it up ASAP. So it's kind of just I get it I just get it up get them up when I can, really. So Right. Yeah, that's that's the best way Definitely to do a legit it. Yeah. thing. Yeah. If it's like a timeless thing, then you can put it up whenever. But if it's like relevant to something going on, like right then yeah. and there, it's just like, fuck, I got to put this up now. So. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, I was curious to get your thoughts on the NHL. I mean, we're at the end of the season, basically games are still kind of playing out. Playoffs are pretty much set. 
What has been your thoughts on this 2021 year, the season? This season's been a fucking weird, weird, like such a weird season. And I think we knew it was going to be coming in like, um, you know, with the 56 game schedule and um, just all the the COVID stuff going on, I think everybody kind of had a feeling that it was going to be a little bit weird. And I think it was a bit weirder than even I expected. And it was, well, it was especially weird for me because I came into this, this season thinking um, the Flyers were still going to be like a contending team. And then they got hit really hard by COVID and, um, and that's not the reason they suck. There were a lot of reasons they suck, but that certainly was one of them. And so, um, lots of just a lot of weird stuff. And then the Canucks, the Canucks and flames are playing like four yeah. games. Like, even though the playoffs are starting, they're going to continue playing regular season games while the playoffs are going on. Yeah. It's really, right. Really bizarre. So, but it's been, it's certainly been an interesting season. I can't say it's been boring in a weird way. I think. This season, and and I hate saying this because I'm stoked that the Lightning won the Cup last year because I think they deserved to finally win it. But I think last year's playoffs and this year's entire season are going to be like not. I'm not going to like forget them because that's that's not what's going to happen. But I feel like I'm gonna, I'm just not going to look fondly upon last year's playoffs and this year's regular season at all, just because of yeah. all the circumstances surrounding it you know so that's why like i'm really looking forward to fans coming back into this into the uh, arenas and um man next season I, I imagine the start of next season we should kind of have the green light to sell out stadiums and arenas again and um once at least that seems to be the the path we're on. I don't I don't want to take any guesses, but right, if that yeah. ends up being the case, that's next season's going to be fucking nuts because it's just the electricity in the crowd. Um, I think has really been missed uh, in just about every arena except like the Panthers, who have like eleven fans in total. So, um, but yeah, no, it's it's I'm really looking forward to next season at this point, and that's not to say that this season was bad. Um, it was just different and very strange. Yeah, yeah. You you alluded to the the Canucks, and yeah, it's weird having games. I mean, we have games on Saturday, and I think after the playoffs start Saturday, like you said, regular season games still finishing up because of the whole COVID thing with Vancouver. It's like, I don't want to say it's impressive that every team will play 56 games because I think a lot of people look at Vancouver situation and say they shouldn't have even been playing like the rest of these games. Players on the Canucks didn't, I don't think, even wanted to play, but considering we're... You know, even with all the postponements, we're still going to get them done. And I think they're still going to start on time next October, maybe a few days after the typical start date, but relatively around the same. And yeah, I'm ready for the full season. Seattle should have a fresh 482. I'm excited for Seattle. I like their logo. I like their name. It's funny. The Vegas Golden Knights, like, I, I. I didn't know what to think about the na the name and the logo initially. Now they're a really good team, which helps, but not that that really makes a difference, I guess. But they're a good team. I feel like I'm used to their logo, and I like their whole. You were out there, you know all about it. But uh, I really like Seattle's name and their just their whole brand, I guess, their vibe. I was really stoked that they went with the Kraken. Yeah, I was like on the Kraken crew. I was a crackhead way before like it was cool to be a crackhead i'm like let's get the kraken we need the kraken to be the name and um when they announced it like all right i love the logo but i'll tell you what bothers me the red eye bothers the shit out of me in that logo because where's the face there's no face like it's a tentacle is what it is so like the eye is just floating there it's like what that doesn't pull take the red eye out and it's literally a perfect logo i think i just don't understand the red eye but no i aside from that i think the logo is sick i think the team name is sick i think seattle is going to be such a good hockey city i cannot wait for them to get the team and to really start rolling because i know for a fact the rivalry between seattle and vancouver is going to be off the fucking chain it's going to be nuts and i think i don't know man i i think this is going to be it's it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens after the expansion draft and if they can experience the same success that Vegas had because Vegas came right out the gate and they took full advantage of the whole expansion draft thing. They got so much draft capital from teams who were just like, please God, don't, 
don't take Matt Dumba here. Here's Eric Halla and Alex Tuck. Take them. We don't care. And it's just like, okay, these are two really good players. So, but I mean, they took advantage of teams and it ended up working out great for them. And so now I just wonder if Seattle will be able to capitalize in the same way that Vegas did. And I think a lot of the teams are going into this a lot smarter than they did in the Vegas expansion draft because now they're looking back. They have precedent to look at and it's just like, oh, okay, well, we really screwed up by, uh, you know, giving them all those draft picks or uh, asking them to take Riley Smith and and Jonathan Marchessault from us. Like, and you look at, you look at the Panthers. I mean, they're doing, they're doing really well now actually, but like, you look at uh, Marcia So and Riley Smith, they're still in Vegas and they're t- still two of the best players on the team. And so it's like, it's like that what could have been type thing had had Florida just kept them around, you know? Yeah, so like you said, uh, when Vegas came into the league, they went to the final. I mean, it was like unprecedented being successful as an expansion team. And now I wonder, are people, if Seattle doesn't get off to the same kind of start or have that same kind of year, are people going to be like, oh, wow, what's wrong with them? Or Vegas was the exception. This is normal for a team. Because like I think outside of like an MLS team, every team, the Blue Jackets, the Thrashers, uh, the Predators, all these teams usually start bad in their first every year, even though they're going to have ex- established NHL players. And who do you think the next coach, do you think it's going to be Gerard Gallant? I mean, it makes sense, right? That would be so much fun if he just said, all right, you know what? I seem to be the expansion team coach, like the designated new team coach. So, like, that would be really fun, I think, if he went there. Um, But, dude, I have this weird, weird feeling that he's going to go to New York, to the Rangers. I feel like Golan would be a fit there. Because I know as much as I want to see Torts go back to New York, because that would just be fucking hilarious me too um <laughs> as much as i want to see that i i have a weird feeling it's going to be gallant and if he goes there me being like a fan of the flyers that freaks me out because he i truly think and I, perhaps i'm a bit biased because i interact with him with him in person so many times but like i really think he's like a top five coach in the nhl i don't know why vegas fired him there's still no explanation to that there's still no explanation really to the Panthers firing him. Um, I mean, they, he took him to the playoffs that year and then the year prior, and then um, they had a slow start to the season. They just canned him. And it's just like, what was the, why, why would you do that for? So I think the both time, well, I think he's been fired three times because he used to coach the blue jackets and way back, I believe. And um that I don't. I, that was before my time of of watching hockey. But yeah, the last two times he was canned, I just could couldn't quite put my finger on why uh, he would be relieved of his coaching duties. And so now I feel like if he were to go to a team like the Rangers that has set pieces like Artemi Panarin, uh, Mika Zibanejad, l- young talent Lafreniere, Heedle, Capo Caco. I mean, I think that really freaks me out. I don't want him in my division at all. But I think it would be cool to see him to see him go to New York. I think it would be cool, to see, way cooler to see him go to Seattle. That would be really, really neat. Yeah, I always thought Seattle made the most sense for Gallant. But yeah, the Rangers make perfect sense too. I mean, they and I, I, I was floored by the fact that they fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon last week. Jeff Gordon. And I still think I don't care. I don't care what Dolan says about whether it's uh oh we think jury's the right guy i mean i mean nothing against chris jury i think he can be a great president gm whatever but i mean the team was like almost here almost could have been a playoff team this year and they're like ah we're just gonna scrap it i could see maybe getting rid of the coach only because maybe they they don't think he's the right guy i mean look i know it's like two or three games but you saw what happened when when he the whole staff went down with covid and they brought up the ahl guys and they just killed like philly like nine zip or whatever so i mean i I don't know it's like one extreme game but like i don't know what the rangers are gonna do but if they get gallant that makes sense I think. Yeah, like I was kind of, I wasn't really surprised that they got rid of Quinn because I know that his time he was kind of wearing out his welcome in New York, but like at the same time that whole thing with with Jeff Gordon and and the, the statement. We have to talk about the statement for Tom Wilson because like Tom Wilson changed the course of the Rangers forever. That's true. <laughs> because like true. if you look at it 
they're not firing them if that if it's not for that for that uh, statement to uh, to the um, Department of Player Safety at all. I don't think that happens. And you know, I know um, the owner came out and basically said like, "Oh well, we're doing this because of performance and blah blah blah." And I'm just like, "No, you're not. You're saying that." But that's not at all what's going on. Like it's it's not. I remember a bunch of. I think it was a uh, Darren Dreger from uh, TSN. Um, he said, "Oh yeah, it's just a coincidence," according to the owner. And I'm just like, "It's there's no way that it's a coincidence that the day after they sent a scathing, scathing statement to the NHL and called out the." head of the department of player safety by name and said that he's unfit for the position. It's not a coincidence that the day after they sent out that statement, people heads are rolling. Like, come on. Like, I mean, so I don't know. I, I think, uh, <laughs> it's going to be really funny to see what happens in the post Tom Wilson, New York Rangers, the, the, timescape that we're in now yeah i i could i get yeah i could see that i know it was only there for what two years but i'm not super surprised by that but yeah as as soon as you mentioned that about tom wilson changing the rangers course forever i am i right away imagine like those wikipedia articles when they say like this player is like the, the owner of this or whatever tom wilson is like the owner of the rangers right now he is and like i don't know it's just funny because i know that after after this incident, you know the Rangers are just going to stock up on like a fourth line of of really tough dudes, and because there it's like it's like that one year when the Penguins won. Uh, I think it was after they won their second cup in a row. The GM, I can't remember who it was at the time. Rutherford. Uh, Rutherford. Yeah, it was Rutherford. No, no. Rutherford, yeah, yeah. Rutherford came out and he was just like, you know, we need to get tougher. We need to sign Ryan Reeves. That's what we need to do. And it's just like, you won two cups. Why are you trying to get tougher? Get out of here. And like, part of me wonders if that's what the Rangers are going to do. I wonder if they're going to be like, we need to get some guys in here and we need to kick some ass. We need to be physical. We need grit. And it's like, you have Zibanejad. You have, you have, uh, uh, Kreider. You have, um, uh, Panarin, you might have Jack Eichel if you play your cards right. Like, do you really, do you really need that toughness? I don't know. And because so, I mean, I know the Tom Wilson thing was really shitty, but I don't think you should build a roster based off of we got to get it back. We have to get him back, and we have to make sure no one pushes us around anymore. Like, if you want to win a cup, I mean, you don't necessarily have to push people around. You just have to be better, the better team. And that doesn't necessarily mean hiring base punchers. Yeah, while we're on the Tom Wilson subject, so obviously I feel like the dude makes headlines almost every single week probably. And more often than not, it's usually a dirty, bad play. It's usually like this guy should be suspended, this and that. And then I see some people occasionally, like there's always a guy in sports, and I'm not saying this is Wilson, but just hear me out. So like there's always that guy in sports, like a Brad Marchand. He can do some things, but he's not super dirty. He's, the, he's one of those annoying guys that they say you love to have on your team, but you hate to play against him. Is Tom Wilson even like that? Or is he just in his own, he's in his own stratosphere, right? Like, it, like, I don't even think you would really want, he could be a good player when he's scoring goals and doing what he does. That's not dirty, but would you even want that kind of guy on your team? That's what bothers me about Tom Wilson, because I would be lying if I said I didn't want him on my team, because I would love to have Tom Wilson with his head on straight on my team because when he's not being a psycho, he's a really, really good player. Like he's a 50 point player, you know, he's, um, I think he's, I know he scored, doesn't he have 20 goals this year or something? Um, I know he's like pretty much a 40, 50 point player and that's really, really good. And that's a useful guy to have in your middle six or your, your top line. If you want, um, if you want to have, if you have a star on your top line and you want to protect him, you can have Tom Wilson there and also not sacrifice talent because Tom Wilson has the talent and he has the toughness to stick up for his teammates. So I would love to have him on on my team if he would just stop being an ass, but I don't know if he's capable of doing that. And so you're right. He's one of those players. Marshawn, I think I would love to have him on my team because he's such a pain in the ass. He is such a pain to deal with. And, um, but I know for a fact he's not like 
even though he has been suspended before, he has like been talked to about dirty hits stuff and licking people in the face. That was really <laughs> weird. But despite all that, I know he's not necessarily the dirtiest player. He's He definitely does some dirty things from time to time, but he's not like putting people in the hospital like Tom Wilson is, you know, and Tom Wilson, man, one, one, just a couple inches or centimeters off Panarin's heads busted open the, on the, on the ice. And then, you, you know, no one knows what happens after that. So I don't know. I, I, part of me wants to say, yeah, I'd love to have Tom Wilson on the team. But then another part of me is like, if he's acting like that, no, no, I don't. Because that's not what hockey's about. It's about, you got to be tough. You got to be strong. And yeah, you got to have some grit, but you don't have to be a piece of shit. And that seems to be where he, uh, what he doesn't understand. Yeah. And the worst part about it is I feel like he plays the victim a lot um, where he'll, he'll, I believe it was the, uh, it was one of the the hit on um, Brandon Carlo on the uh, Bruins. He basically came out later and he was just like, I'm big. What do you want me to do? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, dude, you say this every time. Like, we know you're bigger and stronger than everyone. You know who else is bigger and stronger than everybody? Zidane Chara. And he like never gets suspended ever. He knows how to play yeah. clean. And he and Tom Wilson just doesn't. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Tom, if you're listening. I'm sure you are. <laughs> he so. definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. I did a quick stat check on Wilson. He has 13 goals, 33 points, still a solid season. And also, he has yeah. to this day, March or no, it's not March, it's May 13th, 2021, 569 career games played to his credit. So I had to get that in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's almost really nice. If it was just like 69 yeah. on its own, that'd be perfect. But uh, yeah. No, he, he's like, that's the thing. He doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to play the way he does. Like you obviously want the physicality you want. He's big and strong. That's great. Those are great attributes, but you don't want him to just go act like a Neanderthal on the ice. And that's what he does so often. And it's like, dude, you don't have to do that. You're so good. Just, just play, just play. And like, if you have to stick up for your guys, but like, it's not necessary to be to just lose your mind and start ragdolling people around the ice. It's just not necessary. Ever. Yeah, yeah. We did our uh, Canon Cast podcast on for Tuesday, and uh, our one of our writers, Rachel Buell, she was like saying that there should be a housewives of New York Rangers to just hear all the all the drama that probably all these wives are saying. Like John Davison, I guess his wife put out a tweet or post or something i don't know but uh it was just kind of funny she was like i think that tom wilson is a serial killer or would be a serial killer if he wasn't a hockey player because look at what he does on the ice i can see there being a lifetime movie about tom wilson handsome young guy good looking strong seems nice and charming and then he like he like you know you meet up with him and then he like grabs you by the wrist and doesn't let you go. And then he takes you in his car. And it's just like, that's the kind of guy I see Tom Wilson being like one of those secret serial killers, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, so know. I know we don't have the, I know we have the whole entire, entire playoffs to play out, but we don't have to go series by series or anything like that. I'm just curious though. Uh, well, two things. I, so obviously both of our teams are not in the playoffs. So do you have a team that you're riding the bandwagon of? It's at the wild, the Knights, someone else. I think it's, I think it's as weird as it is to say this. It's probably the wild because, and I say it's weird because last year when I was covering the wild, I hated them so much because they were the most boring team imaginable. They sucked. They were so bad. They shouldn't have deserved to even make the uh, uh, the, the play-in round of the playoffs last year. And um, they just were borderline unwatchable. And then this year, they got, they got all they needed in Kirill Kaprizov. And he comes in, and he has just been – I swear to God, I think he might be the best player already to ever wear a wild uniform. I truly think that. And I know there's Marion Gabrick, there's Miko Koivu. The things that Kaprizov has done in one year, I have never seen him – like, I've, he's changed the wild completely from head to toe, and it is nuts. And um, I, they're so much fun to watch now. This is the most fun I've had watching the wild ever in all my years of watching hockey. And I think – yeah, I th I'd say they're my team that I'm kind of rooting for to, to go deep. I don't necessarily think they will. 
because I know they have some juggernauts that they might have to face. They might have to face Vegas. They might have to face Colorado. Um, I believe their opponent still has yet to be decided. I think that's decided later on tonight once uh, Colorado and the Kings play. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think I think the Wilds going deep would be really, really fun for the sport. I think a lot of people would love to see Minnesota go for a deep run just because they've never really been on one before. And uh, I don't know, aside from them, I think, it, I guess if I had to make a prediction as to who I, well, first of all, who do you think? Who do you think is going to go deep? Who, who will represent each uh, conference? I don't, it's hard to say conference because there aren't really conferences. That, yeah. But who do you think is going to go to the, to the dance? Yeah, good question. So I, I guess about a couple of weeks ago or so, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm on the Florida bandwagon just because it's just so random. I think it'd be funny with Joel Quinville, half the Blue Jackets roster, Bill Zito's the GM down there. So I'm like, all right, it would be kind of funny. And I think it'd be kind of funny if they also knocked out Tampa in the first round just because of the Bobrovsky Blue Jacket factor against uh, Tampa. But I don't know that Florida... See, I know Tampa's stacked, legit, Colorado, Vegas... I feel like the Avalanche, I remember a game a couple weeks ago, they're playing, I think it was Vegas, and they were, they had won like 10 in a row or something, and they beat Colorado, and they were saying oh, Colorado was kind of limping along, they're kind of hurt. Now they're hot right now, they just won 6 zip last night against the Kings, so they can still win that division, but um, I think Colorado, man, I don't know. I feel like Colorado was so close last year, and of course didn't make it, they lost to Dallas, right? That was so wild, but, um, t- but uh, I... So I, I I said in my mind I'm gonna I'm riding the Florida bandwagon so I don't know that they're actually gonna do it but I'll stick with them I'll say Florida somehow makes it and I know they're gonna reseed like after the second round of the playoffs they're gonna reseed so it could be something yeah, like it's hard Florida. to say it's hard to say exactly yeah, who's gonna could, end up going but I think it'd be wild if it was like Boston and Toronto or something in the in the Stanley Cup final to see Boston and Toronto listen man I don't I don't particular like the Bruins I'm not a Bruins fan like me being a fan of the Flyers like I kind of hate them <laughs> a lot but yeah yeah to see the Bruins and the Leafs in the in the cup I would have to root for Boston I would have to because the 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 meltdown that we would see from Toronto would be unlike anything we've seen before and it would just be so funny that would be the funniest like whatever timeline it would be like 38 hour 48 hour whatever it is like just seeing toronto really really melt down and just have a horrible time on the internet would be a lot of fun I'm all I, for to that, be honest yeah. i think boston i think they're my pick to to kind of win it all this year because i think uh if you look at their top two lines you add taylor hall to the mix and they're he it's it's clear the sabers something is completely wrong with them like it's not a coincidence that he was playing poorly there. It, it was not on him. There was something, there's something rotten in that locker room within the organization as a whole and up in Buffalo. And once he got out of there, he's been playing like, like MVP level, like MVP level uh, Taylor Hall. And so I wonder like if they got MVP Taylor Hall back and, and they have the perfection line, I'm like, Oh boy. This could be this could be a really tough tough team to beat once the playoffs get started. You know, yeah, so I think they're my probably probably my. So pick. I think I think I I think that's solid. I will say Colorado's my pick, but I'm kind of riding the Florida bandwagon, kind of like you at the Wild. And I, it's funny because uh, going back to the trade deadline, Boston stole basically stole Taylor Hall from Buffalo because they didn't even get a first round pick, right? And then when you think about it, Columbus got first round picks for like. David Savard, Nick Foligno. Now, Nick Foligno's played a little bit. I mean, he's played pretty well in Toronto. At least I haven't been tracking him as much lately, but he's been doing pretty well. I know he has better line mates and all that, but he was contributing right off the bat. And I'm not, I would love Toronto to lose that meltdown. I'd be kind of conflicted though, because I kind of want to see him win if he can. And I, I was critical of Foligno in Columbus, but uh, he's a good guy. It'd be cool if he did win, but I'm all for the Toronto overall, their meltdown, they're losing. So that'd be fun. But yeah, the Avalanche, they're stacked. Vegas could do it. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I can't really, in my mind, I can't go off the, the crazy, uh, like Dallas last year was just really weird and unpredictable. I That'd be like me saying it's going to be, I don't know, not to say, not 
to pick on Winnipeg because they were really good a couple years ago. I don't think they're going to do it this year. It'd be like Winnipeg or someone doing it. I don't know. I can't think of a crazy weird team this year. I would love to see Winnipeg just because that would be crazy. That would be absolutely nuts if Winnipeg was just like, you know what, we're going we're gonna to go all the way. And they, if they did, Fucking that would be, it would be like a yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, Pierre-Luc Dubois coming out of nowhere. Just going nuts. He wins the next thing you know, he wins the con smile. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I honestly, I think the other team I kind of want to go, and you already mentioned Colorado. I would love to see Colorado win because I love McKinnon and I love McCarr. Um, and, and I mean, there's so many players on that team that I really like to watch. And uh, God, that, I think they kind of got. They kind of got in their own way a little bit last year, I think, in the playoffs. I think it would be nice to see them go further. And um, I, I'm just a big fan of Colorado. I've, I've always liked them ever since Sackick was playing for them. I remember he was my first, like, yeah. hockey jersey, I think. It was either Sackick jersey or a Hashik jersey, one of the two. I can't remember which one I had first. But, yeah, I'd like to see Colorado. I know which one, too. Who'd you, who'd you have? Uh, so it didn't have a name on the back, but it was the Avalanche with the big footfall on the, on the shoulder. I still have that in my closet. What an yeah. logo. Right? Yeah, we uh, we had the Schottenstein, fan, whatever that store is called in Ohio, and you could get all these discounted jerseys. They didn't have names, or maybe some did, like the NFL NBA ones did, but like hockey jerseys for like 30 bucks. But they were like for, like legit replicas. It was cool. So it was, I had, it was blank, but it was a cool... Uh, had like the Avalanche. I had... Um, trying to think my dad got the old coyotes i think i told you about that one he got the jer- it happens to be jeremy roenick but it was the old coyotes uh logo that they brought back yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but um so i i'm still a torts fan even though it was time for him and columbus to go their separate ways i don't know i put this in the group chat earlier i don't know if there's any team in the nhl that he can legitimately be a, a fit for because he does not develop or really him and young guys just don't really go together San Jose is a veteran team. They haven't fired anybody, so I'm not sure that's going to make a difference. But they're like the only veteran team I could think of that could maybe make a change, and maybe he would fit there. I don't know. If Torts ever coaches again, I'm still going to be a fan of that team in Columbus. But do you think Torts can actually coach anywhere in today's NHL? Like, could he be a fit anywhere? I think so. I want to say yes, because honestly, even though he's people have their opinions of, of John Tortorella, I, I loved Torts, and to be honest, if I were playing in the NHL, he's one of the top coaches I'd want to play for. It would be like him and Gallant. Those are like 1A, 1B, because I love that he, when he's a dick, he's not, he's not actually being a dick. He's, he's trying to motivate you, and he, it's coming from a good place, and I respect, I can definitely respect that. Will I recognize that at all times, or would I recognize that at all times? No, I definitely wouldn't, but... I think I would over time kind of appreciate and learn to appreciate what he is as a coach. And I, I think there's a, a place for him somewhere. Um, you're right. I think he would have to go to a team that doesn't have too much young talent or isn't too reliant on young talent. You know, sometimes, sometimes that doesn't matter too, too much, just because I think if you have the right young talent and you, and they're willing to, you know, learn and they're willing to deal with some tough love every once in a while, um, then I think it can work out. But like, uh, Alexander Tessier, for example, I know he loved him. And he said that he was one of, I remember at one point he said he was one of their best players on the team this year. Um, or at least he gave more of an effort than most players on the team did. So um, I know he, there are certain young players that he takes a liking to. And I think you just have to put him, it's like a puzzle piece. You have to put them together with the ones that fit. And um, maybe on paper, some people would say, ah, he shouldn't go to this team with all these young guys. But if those young guys have the right mindset, then I think it could work out. So I hope to see him next year. I, I would love to see him again in the NHL. It reminds me. So, before, like, this is back when the season was still, I mean, still in the thick of the season. Uh, Torts was still coaching Columbus, of course, and he was topping this, I guess, this odds list of teams that he could coach for next. And Buffalo was top of the list. And I thought the only reason I could see Buffalo is only because he brought respectability to Columbus and Buffalo is seeking that same respectability at this point. He could probably take them to a level that he got kind of Columbus at, a respectability factor, playoff bubble, because Buffalo is just terrible. Now, again, you have the whole whatever. 
the young player thing. Not, I mean, it's not like he's anti-young player, but it's just we saw talk about puzzle pieces. We were questioning his lineup decisions and utilization of ice time, things like that. So he, maybe he doesn't develop guys a certain way, or maybe he just has a security blanket of specific veterans. But I, I don't know. It's like on the one hand, I don't know if anybody can thrive in Buffalo, but if one guy could at least thrive, meaning get them to a certain level of respectability, he could probably do that. I feel like lineup decisions and having that that those those safety blankets of of tough gritty veterans who just play the game the right way or whatever. I feel like that's such a common issue with most NHL coaches though. I don't think that's necessarily um just unique to to torts. Um, you know, I know Elaine Vigneault is the same way. He seems to have not, I don't want to say trust issues with young players, but he definitely seems to, uh, um, not quite want to give, he, he doesn't give them quite the leash that I think they should have, you know? Um, and I know torts is the same way. I know a lot of coaches are the same way where, um, you know, you have Alex Goligoski, you're going to play him on the top line and you're going to give him 20 25 minutes a night and it's just like <laughs> why what you doing that for and a, a lot of coaches do stupid things like that every once in a while um so i don't know i i feel like i feel like even though his deficiencies are so well documented in the media i feel like it's it, that's just them it's just people trying to look for things to complain about with him in particular just based off of his personality and how um how cutthroat it is to make, to be on his team and um, just how tough he is to play for. But um, I don't know. I, I, I really think, look, I think he could work in the NHL right now. And I think he could still win a cup. I think he could in theory, go to a team perhaps like Buffalo and get them to start playing uh, at least competitive hockey, you know, because he doesn't put up with whatever it was that they were doing this year. This year was just horrific. Terrible. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crap. My thought went out of my head. I don't know what I was going to say. We were talking. I I had it. Yeah. I don't either. Uh, oh, well, I'll, it'll come back to me if I think about it. I think it. we were just um, talking about how next year the Flyers are certainly going to win the Stanley Cup. And, uh, you know, they're they're going to go undefeated 82-0. and And then they're going to go 16-0 and in the playoffs. And Carter Hart's not going to allow a single goal the whole season. Yeah, I was going to actually ask you about Carter Hart, though. Uh, so I believe... I thought you were about to agree. Yeah, they are going to do that. Wow. Yeah, I, I was going to say, so I know, like... So I think Jonas Corposalo's goal saved above expected. He was like above only Brian Elliott and Carter Hart, I believe, at least in terms of like qualified games or whatever. So obviously Carter Hart had a disastrous season. Do you think he's, is is he fine? Is he broken? What's happening with him? Disastrous is a pretty good way of putting it. Um, I think he's going to be fine because goalies are complete, complete voodoo. All the time. You never yeah. know what you're going to get from a goalie. I mean, um, the stars can be aligned. You could be you could be like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you could be facing the Carolina Hurricanes, and they have a literal Zamboni driver as their goalie, and then he just doesn't allow any goals, you know, and then you win the game. Um, so things like that, I, I think it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what can be wrong with goalies. Um, but I do know that Carter Hart... He, I mean, he's made it very clear that I think the pandemic had a big, big impact on him in a not so good way. He mentioned it was difficult when he was going through his uh, his tough skid where he would come home and uh, be locked in his apartment and he had no one to talk to because no one's allowed in his room. No one's allowed to come near him because of the pandemic and everything. And so he was just stuck alone in his room with his own thoughts. And that's it. And that's a scary place to be when you're mentally not in a good in a good spot so um i think he'll be okay if you look at a lot of really good goalies in the nhl veteran goalies when they were younger they went through tough skids as well you know um i know Kerry price had some hard times when he was a young goalie uh lots of young guys do and so i feel like carter hart is it was it ideal this year for him to go through that no not at all it sucked but I think at the end of the day, I think he's going to take it 
just knowing the kind of player he is, I think he'll take it and run with it and he'll use it as, as a big learning experience as cliche as that sounds. I think um, it's going to help him out down, down the road a little bit. So um, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be all right. I think he just needs to get his mind right this summer. Um, continue working on uh, uh, his mental fitness. Cause I know that's a big thing for goalies. And I know he takes a lot of uh, pride in, you know, working on his mental game. So um, if he keeps doing that, and I think if the flyers also, they need to look themselves in the mirror a little bit. And I think they need to uh, bring in some, some blue line help because they certainly didn't get much of that this season. So once they do that, I think Carter Hart will be in a much better spot next season. Talk about, uh, I know you're with NBC. You have the Olympic stuff coming up. So what's your, uh, what's your days like with all that going on lately? It's fun. It's a lot of fun. So like, I remember when I started, um, I got my list of sports that I'm covering for the Olympics. So there's, there are four people on my team. There's uh, me, Liam Nee, Eric Goodman, and Tori Hart. And uh, no relation to Carter Hart that I'm aware of. And uh, we basically have all gotten our, our sports and everything. And uh, I am covering 11 sports. I'm covering, let's see if I can do it in alphabetical order. I'm doing basketball, three-on-three basketball, beach volleyball, boxing, uh, let's see, equestrian, golf, judo, karate. There's two more. Taekwondo and wrestling. I think I just named 11. I think I might be leaving one out. But um, so those are my sports. And so I'm covering lots of basketball, lots of basketball stuff going on. Wrestling has been really busy this time of year. So that's been actually a lot of fun getting to know wrestling a little more. It's actually, oh, fencing, fencing. I forgot to mention fencing. I'm covering fencing. Oh, cool. Um, Fencing and wrestling are both actually like secretly very fun, like a ton of fun to watch. So those are some of my favorite sports that I'm getting to cover because I didn't, I mean, I never even thought about those sports before. Um, so right now, essentially what's going on, because we're in the lead up to the Olympics, essentially we're just kind of uh, writing up stories about what's taking place. If someone makes Team USA, we write about that. Um, and if there are days where there's just nothing going on, we do a lot of housekeeping stuff, like making sure that our um, our streaming is all set for when the games start. We have all of our uh, our eyes dotted and our t's crossed and all that stuff so um yeah pretty much right now we're in a bit of a somewhat of a a lull i don't want to say that too loudly because then the universe is going to hear and all of a sudden like you know something crazy will happen but yeah no it's been a lot of fun so far i'm really really excited to be covering i never thought i'd be covering the olympics ever and the fact that I'm getting to do it is something that I just never thought that I would ever get to that point. You know what I mean? Because I always imagine the Olympics as being the number one place for any athlete or for any journalist to be to be a part of. And the fact that I'm getting to do it is like really wild. So um, July, July 23rd is when I believe I uh, head out there. So, nice. so you'll be there. To it. Yeah, I'm not going to be in Japan. I'm going to be in uh, Stanford, Connecticut, which really is the same thing as Tokyo. What's the difference? I mean, I don't know. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Yeah. I was, about to, I was about to ask you if you were going to actually travel or be somewhere. So and that's the headquarters. So uh, will you be on, I guess what they call in the, the world of whatever professionals the campus like the uh nbc campus of these studios and all that so i normally that's what would happen but given the circumstances of the pandemic and everything we're actually going to be working in a uh ballroom at a uh, marriott so we're going to have the whole downstairs we're basically going to be working in the same hotel that we live so we essentially wake up at I don't know, 4 p.m. because <laughs> that's pretty much what we're going to be. Or we're going to be nocturnal, essentially. So uh, we'll probably wake up around 4 p.m., head downstairs, get ready to do some work. Um, and then we'll be working through the night downstairs in the ballroom. And then when we're done for the day, we just head right back up the elevator or the stairs, perhaps, and crash in our in our hotel room. And we'll be there for about three weeks. So um, it's going to be really, really fun because I've never, I've never had a, uh, I've never worked on a project where me and my colleagues are all like, you know, staying in a hotel and then we're working together. Like that's never, we're essentially living together for three weeks. And I think that's going to be a lot of fun, except we're not sharing the same room or anything like that. But, um, I can tell you this, once the games are over, 
And we have those last couple days in Connecticut. And uh, I assume that by the uh, middle of August, things with COVID will probably be a little more, a uh, little more laxed. I think those few days, those couple days after the Olympics, we're going to be having lots of alcoholic beverages out on the town and in, in Stamford. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time once we get underway. Well, it's really cool because like you get to do that, like you said, you're covering the Olympics and it's cool because I can say, yeah, I know a guy covering the Olympics. So look at me, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's, it's so, it's really, really fun. And listen, man, I'll tell you what, like the, you, anyone can, can get into this. You're in a position now where, I mean, you can do, you can do anything that you set your mind to. You've come so far with your podcast and everything. You're right with me, you know, and, uh, I'm just lucky enough to have been in the right place at the right time. So your, your time will be coming. I promise you that, but yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun once this whole thing starts. Yeah. Part of the podcast fun has been like, all right, I like sports and I'm talking with all these people in sports that are doing all these things. And it's like, look at me. I'm getting to talk with these people and you're in that class now. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, but like, but like seriously though, the Olympics, you've covered the Golden Knights. I mean, you're legit. You've been in the, in these, uh, these locker rooms and, and right in there with the media, you're the media, you are the media. So yeah. it's really cool though. No, yeah, I was just going to yeah. say, if it wasn't for COVID, do you think you would have been in Japan or would you still just be in Connecticut? I think we would still be in Connecticut from what I understand. Um, I don't think we would travel over there. Um, I know we did not travel down to Rio for the 2016 games that summer. So, um, But yeah, I, I think we'd still be in Connecticut. And, but that itself is, is just, I mean, that's also really neat, just being up there in the headquarters um, I, I still have never seen my, my building, my office building. I've never seen the NBC sports group office ever in my life. I've only seen photos of it. Um, I've never met any single person that I work with at NBC in person. I don't know how tall any of them are <laughs> like little things like that. It's just like, I don't know. I don't know any of it. So yeah. it'll be cool to actually meet some of my coworkers at NBC because I've never done that so far. So it's going to be good to see everybody in person. And um, I think doing the job will be a lot easier in person as well, because you don't have to message someone over Teams or Slack. Hey, I have a question. Can you answer this for me? And then turns out they're done for the day. You don't hear back from them until tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah, really cool that you're able to, to do that. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. I'm really, I'm lucky to be where I am. I, I was in the right place at the right time. I got discouraged last March because... Uh, when COVID hit, I think, well, everybody was discouraged, but, um, I thought the, the pandemic was going to destroy my sports media career. And luckily I, I got through it. Okay. So I'm in a good spot. Yeah. If you need a boxing, I don't know, a boxing refresher or something. I did a podcast with my friend on boxing. He's like a legit diehard fan. So you can always check that out if you need to. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to need to, cause I need to get to know all these sports. You know, I've already done a pretty good job getting to know uh, wrestling, um, but boxing is pretty easy. Um, but I still need to, you know, brush up on it a little more. Uh, one of the sports that I've been watching a lot more is equestrian, believe it or not. And which I don't know quite why that's in the Olympics. <laughs> it's horses. So it's like, there should be like a separate, like Olympics for the horse stuff. You know what I mean? Like, there should. Animal Olympics. Yeah. Like there should be an animal Olympics. Like you have, I don't know, like, I think right. that makes sense. And I don't know, maybe do uh, maybe a motorsport Olympics or something like that as well. I don't know. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward to getting to know equestrian a little bit more. That's a very, very niche sport that I've never once thought about in my life. But um, from what I've heard and uh, from what I've seen of it so far, it is, I mean, it's actually a ton of fun to watch. So uh, that fencing, like I said before, that is just nuts absolutely off the wall and you wouldn't think it is but my god the amount of trash talk that happens down there when they're doing their thing you wouldn't think it but they're they're talking all the shit down there it's wild it's wild i can't explain it to you but um it's really fun there it's yeah this, this is just a lot of really really great uh, opportunity that i get to do this so we'll see uh we'll see how it goes the next few months are gonna be a lot of fun i love how full circle this thing was starting with dogs and ending with animals i mean it's perfect <laughs> that's true that's true a dog olympics that's what we need to do <laughs> we, i would watch dog olympics. exactly and they could do the 
that uh, like on the track they could just race. Yeah, you know, the, it's easy. Yeah, get the greyhounds do their uh, do their little race, and then uh, yeah. I can do with the uh, I can do without the whole the show thing where the dogs just come up there and pose and then they walk away. I don't know. I don't know what that is, right. but that's um, yeah, boring. Yeah. It's, my mom loves watching that. I'm like, I don't know why, I don't know what you're watching this for, but um, yeah, no, the dog Olympics yeah. and horse Olympics. Those are the two things we need. And probably something random, like something with snakes or something. I mean, just because I don't even know what that would be, but make it work. I don't know what it would be either. Do a snake race. <laughs> <laughs> you you've got the brain trust on your on your side so you can pitch that idea and maybe that'll work out or something yeah turtles that's what we need we need a turtle <laughs> yeah. turtle race that would be oh my god mind-blowing stuff <sighs> i don't know if i'd be able to contain my excitement watching snakes that. and turtles that way we have a little bit of a war going on <laughs> yeah honestly okay you know what we really need to do we need to televise and not necessarily make this a sport, but we need to televise the civil war going on down in the Everglades between those pythons and the alligators. Have you heard about that? Like they're just killing each other. It's literally a war going on down in the, in the Everglades. And it's like, I kind of want to check it out. But also if I'm in the middle of these two things, these apex predators, I'm uh. not, <laughs> not being the, the crossfire. So That'd be the one time they band together to take you out or that person that's down there. That's exactly what my luck is. Yeah. So well, expect nothing less. I know you're about to pick up a dog. That's awesome. I'll let you go and get ready for that. Um, we'll uh, see how hockey playoffs play out, the Olympics. Good luck with that. Awesome that you're going to be in Connecticut, get to travel a little bit, hang out up there. So I'll be uh, watching. I'll be, I'll be seeing all your social media posts, I'm sure, about it. So. <laughs> appreciate it yeah no it's gonna be a lot of fun you're definitely gonna see all my my tweets yeah. tweets don't stop it's an endless i'll be keeping of, up with it though yeah yeah it's an endless stream of uh of just diarrhea coming out of my brain you have good tweets though i mean you get viral stuff you know i, so. I, I don't want to say viral but it, viral ish <laughs> viral ish i get decent engagement every once in a while so yeah um yeah. yeah no i'm excited for the playoffs to start i'm excited for it i mean this is just a really great time for sports especially with the pandemic things are dying dying down a little bit um you know we just need to stay the course wash your fucking hands wear freaking masks and we'll be fine. We'll be good. But uh, just make sure that you're, you know, make sure to take care of yourself and to take care of those around you. Because if you don't do that, then we're just going to have more cases and that's going to be awful. No one wants that. So, yeah. yeah, we're in a good place, I think. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks again for popping on. That thought that I had in my head, I have no idea what that was. Maybe I didn't have a thought. Probably was the case. But I thought I had a torts thing. I have no clue. So, a lot of players did seem to respect and like him in Columbus. So, I think he could still coach somewhere. We'll see, though. He'll be back. I have a strange, sneaky sneaky so. back. I yeah. hope so. Well, you broke the uh, the uh, Brent Seabrook news, so I'll be waiting for your torts uh, hiring news. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what I can uh, what I can do with that. That'll be fun. All right. Well, thanks again. I'll let you go and have a good rest of the day. Three, two, one, zero, zero, zero and lift.